0: Networks for Training and Developments, Employment for All podcast. I am your host, Joe Murphy. This podcast is dedicated to real work and real pay for all citizens. Today is May 6, 2020. Today's virtual employment forum is in response to the COVID-19 outbreak.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. This is our employment forum meeting, and this is about the I think seventh meeting we've had. So we welcome all of you for coming, and um, looking forward to you getting something from this meeting. This meeting is in collaboration with Networks for Training, and I'm Chris Florence from Philadelphia IDS. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce um, our co-facilitator uh, Teresa Cody from. Networks from Training. Hi everyone. Thank you for joining us today. As shared, my name is Teresa Cody with Networks for Training and Development. We are happy to host these virtual forums with support from IDS in efforts to support employment services, individuals, staff, providers, especially amidst COVID-19. Let's take a moment to center ourselves. Take a moment right now to remember your breath. In through your nose, out through your mouth. We at Networks continue to see how we can support you. After our presenter today, we will share about an upcoming webinar that we are hosting in a few weeks at no cost to you. We will be asking for your input as well. We would also like to remind you that, as well as for you and those you support, we have philaonthejob.org, that website and social media channels with tools, resources, and more, and we continuously update these. If you find any resources to add, please let us know by either using the contact form on the website or emailing talentphl at philaonthejob.org, which can also be found on the website. Over the last few months, you may have been participating in a variety of virtual trainings. Today, we wanted to take this time to invite APSI to share about the CESP trainings and webinars that they are hosting, as well as share updates regarding the recently announced virtual APSI conference. Our state APSE chapter continues to support with funding needs and guidance from our funders while APSE National is helping to provide broader professional development support, which helps share knowledge across state lines. We welcome Erica from APSI National, who is the professional development director. We invite you to type into the chat box questions or comments, and for those on the phone, you will be able to press star nine to raise your hand to ask Erica questions once she has shared. We are grateful to have Erica join us today. Erica,
2: thank you for being here. Thanks, thank you for the opportunity, I'm excited. Um, just a little bit about myself and then I'll get started giving some updates. Um, like you said, my name is Erica Bellis Pacer and I'm the Professional Development Director at um, National APSE. I actually live in New York with uh, my three kids and my husband, not New York City. We were talking about that earlier. I live in the Rochester area. So um, previous to this, I actually oversaw supported employment training across New York State for both a developmental disability organization and also with the vocational rehab state entity in our state. So I'm pretty close to Pennsylvania and I've been there many times uh, and I'm happy that I can provide some information and updates on kind of what we are doing and what we're hoping to do moving forward during this uh, kind of Different time. Uh, I will say, hopefully, none of my children will come in or my dog. (laughs) So I'll work really hard to keep everyone quiet. Um, Before I get started, I'm just curious if anyone here is familiar with APSI. So I guess if you could type in the chat box, yes or no, just so I have a general idea of. Thanks. And I. Do recognize quite a few of the names in here of people that I think have probably participated in webinars in the past and current things. So I'll try to um, provide some new information after I go through this really um, brief PowerPoint talking about what we're doing moving forward. And I'm also trying to talk slowly. So, Teresa, let me know for the closed captioning if I uh, get too fast because I tend to get excited when I'm presenting and talk fast. So, just let me know. So National APSEE um, oversees chapters, just like Teresa had said. Um, oh, good. And uh, I was very familiar with New York State APSEE and the conferences they did because I helped organize those, but I didn't realize how active some other chapters are, and I think the Pennsylvania chapter is active as well, and there's many uh, very you know, wonderful chapters across the country. I think another thing uh, from my perspective, I thought that most states had a lot more training for supported employment or competitive integrated employment. And with this job, I found that it is very different across states and not everybody has uh, the free training that we do in the state of New York and um, those professional development opportunities. So I've been excited To be able to provide um, some different free opportunities for members and non-members and some things that are um, maybe a little different for states that don't have lots of opportunities. So if you're familiar with AFC, you're probably familiar with our conference. Um, we go to different states each year and our, uh, our location for this year was supposed to be in Denver, Colorado, and unfortunately, uh, due to the COVID situation, we uh, decided to go virtual. So I think I'm most excited that we didn't have to cancel. I'm also excited um, that the professional development opportunities for people will be a lot more than if it was actually an in-person conference, which I know there's a lot of uh, (laughs) fun things going on at conferences, a lot of networking, but I'll show you a couple of the changes and what you can expect if you're participating. So um, we wanted to make sure that we had things still happening when the conference was supposed to take place for the three days in Denver, Colorado. So we are going to kick off our virtual conference um, June 16th and 17th. 17th. And we are very lucky. We are still going to have the keynote speakers that we had anticipated on. So um, they will still be doing the same sessions and we'll be uh, showing those live and we'll have an opportunity for our attendees to do some question and answer. So um, from my perspective, it actually might be uh, more beneficial to some of the attendees to get those personalized questions and answers out there. Um during the first two days, we're also going to have some panel discussions. and one will be around oh, who are the keynotes? <laughs> so um, Shay is from the Coleman Institute and she uh, was is still doing a presentation that is revolving around technology first. Uh, Where she works, they're working with numerous states uh, similar to the employment first movement. There are states that are identified as technology first. I'm not sure if Pennsylvania is one. Um, I can probably look into that. I know that New York is not. (laughs) So there are um, lots of connections and she has lots of, you know, easy things people can do so that maybe technology isn't as scary. I think given the current situation it's very timely. So I'm excited about that. Um, we also will have Senator Harkin that will be doing um, a kind of a brief introduction since it is the um, anniversary of the ADA. So we're excited about that. And Mark Schultz who oversees uh, vocational rehab for the country will also be on hand to uh, kick us off. And we also have uh, Jonathan and my, gonna forget his last name. And Jenny, uh, Jenny was or is a self-advocate that uh, worked very hard. There was, and Jonathan is the lawyer that worked with her. So um, they're going to be presenting mainly from her point of view as now a self-advocate. And we also have Barry um, Whaley, and he is going to be doing a pretty awesome presentation on the history of the ADA and other um, historical you know, foundations in the field of uh, competitive integrated employment or supported employment. So hopefully that gives you a little overview. Um, there's more information on our website and I'm going to try to find time to show that to you at the end as well. Um, the panel discussions—that's been very fun uh, for me because we were trying to pick a real uh, diverse group of people from all different states. One of the panel discussions is going to be around uh, COVID-19, and just you know how people are getting through some creative and different ideas that different states are doing, and we're trying to have many perspectives. So we're going to have um, some folks that are from state agencies, we're going to have some employers, we're going to have um, some advocates, we're going to have some parents. So I think that will be exciting as well. Additionally, um, the attendees, again, can participate and ask questions uh, throughout the presentation. So a little more interactive than maybe if we were all sitting in that huge room together uh, watching the stand and deliver type presentation the other one uh, we have a great panel of folks from across the country again that are going to be talking about uh, employment first and also technology first so uh, we that was one of our big pushes being in the state of colorado for the conference And we, uh, they are an Employment First state. They actually just opened an Employment First office, and that was going to be one of our main highlights uh, to provide information and feedback for attendees. So we're trying to make sure we can still do that uh, using some, you know, wonderful people on that panel, in addition to some folks from Michigan, um, also Arkansas and New York, so that we have a real nice cross section of the country instead of just um, certain states. So Hopefully that answers your question. Additionally, that week, we're going to have some fun um, networking opportunities. I know that that's obviously a big draw for the conference, and we want to make sure that we're still able to do that. We are using um, a platform called Matchbox for most of our stuff uh, for the general conference. And they have different waiting rooms and different resources that we'll be able to share uh, with our attendees. So this is our general schedule. So you can see that we have uh, those kickoff sessions. And then we decided to go with a variety of weeks. Uh, We took the current track sessions that we had in place when we had asked for RFPs and then accepted them and had all of our tracks good to go. So um, we decided to do it kind of a theme each week. So you can see that the first week is gonna be really that kickoff. The second week is employer supports and an engagement track. I will say that I, we have a lot of content there, so I'm very excited um, to share the information. We also tried to really narrow it down to mm, sessions that people could find useful in our current state, <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Um, the third week, we're going to have organizational growth, so that, again, uh, lovely information. A big push for me this year was to have some more uh, diversity employment service track. Uh, my, I think a lot of times the APSE conference is focused on developmental disabilities, so this track is um, really pulling in more information uh, for people in all different situations with all different types of disabilities, so it should be um, great. The fifth week is the Emerging Trends Research and Public Policy Grassroots and Advocacy Track. And then we also have the School to Work Transition. And then we have the Pushing Boundaries Track. So that is also new. We had added that to our conference. So those are the themes for each week, and we will be having... um, an hour at least session each day at the same time that will be live for people to participate. The big selling point for me on the virtual conference is (laughs) the fact that we will have over 30 hours of content for people to either participate in live and be able to ask questions um, of the presenters and get those answers back pretty quickly or they can listen to them in a recorded fashion. So um, with our tracks and with our kickoff week, that's over 30 hours. There will be five, at least five sessions each week for an hour each. Um, One of the weeks, we're going to have two hours because we have so many sessions. So you asked how many sessions, approximately at least 30. I will tell you it will probably be closer to 35 for this portion. But in addition to that, um, and I'm just going to talk about that later, we're going to have some added in information. In terms of the recording, people, can access it um, until December 31st. So I know I've had a lot of conversations with folks that are used to taking three days and really doing an intense amount of professional development at the APSE conference. Um, If that works better for people's schedules, they can just do that at a later date once everything is recorded at the end of July, or if people want to participate at their, you know, as they're happening. That's great, too. So um, additionally, we are going to be having options for um, chapter leadership, kind of networking activities, and also uh, regional. Sharing activities. Um, We're also going to be having some content specific groups that are related to the tracks at the end of each week. And I was actually just on a call uh, with our folks on the hospitality committee, and we are going to be having some fun activities with trivia. We're hoping to have karaoke. Uh, So we're hoping that we can have a lot of those networking and fun activities that people are used to with the conference. So additional information, and I think this will cover a little bit more about the amount of um, content covered. Uh, One of our big favorites at the conference is usually APSE Talks, and that will be taking place uh, throughout the conference. We're hoping that we can have at least one each week, and that would, kind of pertain to the theme for that week. So you can see here uh, for seven weeks, we'll have at least seven FC <laughs> talks. And the FC talks are kind of like a TED talk where people present um, four people at a time, take turns presenting for roughly five to 10 minutes each and they have uh, five slides that they each do. So it's kind of a quick and fast uh, presentation on, topics and then obviously if people want to reach out and get more information from them they can. Uh, I already talked about having the content until December 31st so I think that will be helpful to people that are busy and you know might not be able to join us uh, every day for those seven weeks and it's at least 30 hours of professional development. I will mention that we also have a business best practices strand. Uh, that would be the one that we provided last year that has Sherm credit, and we're going to be offering that uh, separately on our GoTo webinar platform during the seven weeks as well. So that's an additional five hours. Does anybody have any questions? Uh, let's see here. Yes. So oh, the CES... The yeah, C- we'll, oh, go ahead.
0: Will CESP credits be similar um, to previous AppSea conferences?
2: They sure will. Um, yes, we actually have been talking with people <laughs> in all different organizations that we provide uh, credits for. So yeah, CESP will be the same as it has been in the past in terms of getting credits. Um, We're offering CEUs uh, for people that are vocational rehab counselors as well. And I think I mentioned the SHRM credits uh, additionally. So our goal is to have the same opportunities that we would have had at the conference uh, for those continuing ed credits. Any other questions about the conference? And if not, I can answer them later, too. Um, So I did want to just touch on the CESP, uh, the Certified Employment Support Professional Credential. I'm going to ask, are people familiar with the CESP? Yes, no. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow, Pennsylvania is pretty awesome, holy cow. I would not say that I would get the same response in New York. Um, okay, so it looks like everybody is familiar, which is wonderful. Um, I did, then I am gonna highlight that we are anticipating that there still will be a test available um, in June. We will see you know, what happens with all the different situations in the testing centers, but as of now, Um, The application window is open until May 26th, and we're hoping that we can have that test window from the 1st of June until the 30th. Um, After that, the next testing window will be in August, so the 3rd through the 14th. Again, you know, fingers crossed that we will move forward with that, and then the test or the application window is June 29th to July 27th, and requirements. And actually, so after I get through this, I'm going to take you to the website and I'm going to show everybody where they can find very specific information on the CESP because that's probably the easiest way to do it. Here, just quick thing, the CESP is uh, valid for three years and you have to recertify after those three years. Um, I know recertification questions, people have been asking if we're still doing it. Yes, we are. Um, That has not changed. Obviously, there are special situations where people may have been furloughed. Um, So having people reach out to us kind of individually with specific questions on recertification is very helpful. Before I take you to the website, I'm gonna just show you um, upcoming webinars. I think Teresa, you mentioned at the beginning that we've been trying to provide um, much more free professional development and also some that are paid but much less expensive for members. So um, if you look here, just a timeline, we have two free coming up very soon. Uh, One is actually to be done by two of our board members, the one that is this Friday, and they're going to be talking about different grant opportunities and things that go along um, with opportunities during COVID-19. I found it very interesting. They have a ton of resources they're going to be providing. Um, the other free one on May 13th is going to be in collaboration with Quillow. If you're not familiar with it, uh, check it out. They are doing some really nice stuff for mental health and well-being uh, for professional support, um, like direct support, uh, DSPs and DSPs. And they're doing it via um, very short videos. So we're excited about that as well. Um, we have two... After that, one is on um, really advocacy and Julie Christensen is gonna be doing that one, uh, advocacy during quarantine. Another big request we had was on uh, benefits (laughs) and budgeting for uh, people with disabilities. So we actually have Len Statham and he goes across the country and does sessions on benefits, Uh, management. He's doing an overview so that it's not state specific, but it will be helpful for employment support professionals to get that overview. And then just as a heads up, some of our sessions for the conference have asked if they could be moved to webinars. So an example of that is the one at the end of the month, and that's the Moving Mountains and Promoting a Culture of Diversity, Where Everyone Belongs, and Pam uh, Williamson, who is actually part of the Georgia ABSI chapter is going to be presenting that. She's done some really nice um, webinars. She works for the Southeast ADA Center. So, some of our sessions you might see come out as webinars just because it's an easier fit uh, for the presenters. And I see somebody asked how much it is, how much does it cost? Uh, for members, it's 380 and for um, non members, it's 480 We broke it down um, just because you know it is less we went back to the early bird price and we wanted to um think of it in terms of a content how much is it per session essentially Um, and it's less than it's around fifteen dollars or less if you take into account how many sessions that Willie will have available for the conference so if that's if that helps thinking about how much it costs we found it helpful um Hopefully that helps. And I'm just looking for attendees have access. Um, So for people that will move to webinars, we will be sending that to anybody that registered. So we have a variety of distribution lists. So um, people that had planned to attend the conference will get updates um, on when specific webinars are coming out. I will say that there's a couple other ones that will probably be done during those seven weeks. Uh, we have a session from <clears throat> um, the Department of Justice that I'm pretty excited about. That will also be done uh, the week of the advocacy one, and that would be um, on GoToWebinar. But everybody who's registered will get that information as well. We So with the scholarships, um, that's on our list to do as well. Um, We have a couple states that are actually state chapters that have asked if they could um, put money towards people attending in terms of a scholarship. So as soon as we have more information on that, we'll definitely get it out to folks because obviously we want to be able to provide those opportunities as well. This is policy and advocacy stuff. I just put a couple examples of things that we have um, available on our website, but I will take you there in a a minute. Hopefully I'm not taking too much time. And I'm gonna get out. So I wanted to take you to our website. If you're not familiar with um, apse.org, there's lots of great information on here. Um, Our front page here has information on the conference. If you're interested in information about APSE, we have all these drop downs: the history, the mission, the vision. Um, I did wanna show you our policy and advocacy um, section. Julie Christensen, who works very closely with um, all different people in DC, has lots of great resources. And I'm just gonna click over here. You can see that the Employment First map is here. And if you scroll down to, sorry, let's find Pennsylvania. If you scroll down and click on that, it's going to give you some information about your chapter. You can see who the VP is, you can see your delegate is um we try to update as soon as the chapter tells us information on here you can see here there's information specific to your um, state employment first efforts who to contact Uh, all these links are right here so you did have a success story which is exciting so you can see that as well not sure Oh, okay, good. Yeah, (laughs) I'm glad you like it. We also have action alerts here. So that's when something comes down um, from the government and it's something we might need to act on very quickly. I know we had a lot of stuff with 14C, with the different packages um, during COVID-19 that are coming out. We try to post um, information as soon as possible, kind of interpreting what is provided uh, for our members. So if you see here, you can sign up for the action alerts. Is anybody um, currently getting the action alerts on here? Cool. Um, This is just an example. So I'm sure you're aware of the different packages that have been uh, passed on through our government. Uh, Julie goes through and tries to kind of interpret it so it's easier for everybody to understand and highlights it. Uh, We have a video as well that people can use. So you can see here, she kind of outlines all the different aspects of the package three. Here, we're moving on to package four, which I think has been delayed. but it outlines, you know, what you might need to know. This is another one of my favorites. If you go down to resources and go to the um, competitive integrated employment data sheets, a lot of people are, you know, often ask us, you know, what data proves that competitive employment is beneficial? You know, what are the numbers in my state? So. We direct people here. I will tell you that Julie and our team just updated um, those data sheets. So that they have changed if you haven't looked at them um, recently. So if you look here, here's Pennsylvania, and you can see the number of 14C certificates. Um, you can see the number of individuals earning sub-minimum wage. Ooh. Sorry, my chat box got big. Um, and then if I scroll down, you can get all that information. You can see the um, percentages of folks that are with disabilities, without disabilities. Um, and there's links to where all this information came from. And you can see here that it's as of April 1st, 19, but I know we did go through and update some of the sheets. so. Hopefully that is helpful. Just look at one more thing. Trying to get to the snapshots too. Has anyone used um, these resources before? Great. I'm gonna click on Pennsylvania again. (laughs) So this is another option if you're trying to explain um, why supported, why competitive integrated employment is you know, beneficial, this is a summary for your state and you can see um, the employment gap, for example, right here. Nice nifty little graph. Uh, You can see the income gap for Pennsylvanians. Poverty rates, I don't know, I I love this kind of stuff. I think it is um, helpful when you're looking to explain kind of why, why it is you do what you do, so back to our website. So check out the policy part. Um, under the Get Educated part, you can see there's lots of information about the conference. I know a couple of people asked. It's all right here. Um, we have a ton of information in the question answer right here. So things that you might have questions about are probably answered there. If not, feel free to reach out to us. Um, We're happy to help in any way we can. Additionally, the online learning. uh, This is where we post different webinars that are coming up. So you can see here, and then the free ones are right here. You just click right there to register. Um, These are the paid ones that are $10 for APSE members, $20 for non-members. Additionally there, we have um, other best practices, resources, I won't go through all of that with you can look at it when you have time but I did want to pull up the CESP. So I think um, so yeah, questions here are great. So you can see that this site has, or this link has all the CESP information. Um, one of the questions was how do you qualify if you look right here in this nifty box all the information you need about CESP. There's frequently asked questions. Um, There's a directory of certified professionals. So um, if you are a CESP, you can find other CESPs here. Um, And if you click here, qualify, you can see
0: um,
2: what you would need to do. There's a webinar explaining everything as well if that's your learning style. And then this resource guide is gonna give you very specific information as well. Okay, so if you look here, the requirements are on the left-hand side and you can see just have to move my chat box. Um, You can see that the eligibility requirements for test-takers include education, work experience, and code of conduct prerequisites. Just scroll down here. Here, if you click on each of these parts, you're gonna see about the education, you're gonna see about work experience. I would say this is often um, questioned, but you do need to have a resume of some sort Uh, You do have to have verification from an employer that you indeed do have a job. The code of conduct is fairly easy. You just have to sign um, or type in that you are going to stick with these policies. And then the training, so if you look here, if you're applying within 9 to 12 months experience, you would need to have a certain number of hours of training, and you would have to have documentation of that. So you can see here the content um, for acceptable training courses must be directly related to the CESP content outline. I think that's another question that we often get. Um, Trainings like CPR, um, choking, um, things that agencies typically have to do uh, for onboarding, those would not (laughs) be directly related to the content outline. And the content outline is on here too as well. Okay, so you can see here. Joe, does that answer your question? Um, let's see here what else. So if I click here you can see recertification has its own page. Here are the lovely um, question answers. So you can see here general information. If you click here, you're going to go directly to that information right here. Um, the exam, um, There, you can click on one of these questions and find out where the testing site is near where you live. Uh, that's another big question we get. And then the recertification information is right there. So we try to provide as much as we possibly can. Uh, we also have this nifty um, little magnifying glass. You can type in questions there. And if the questions don't pop up or the answers don't pop up automatically, someone will reach out to you to provide that information as well. This is um, different CESP and state policy. I know that Pennsylvania has been wonderful in terms of um, encouraging people uh, to get their CESP. So thank you, thank you. Um, I know that we're trying to gather data to see, you know, if we can see the impact of people holding that certification. I know that in New York, um, We have mandated trainings people have to do, so it looks a little different, um, but in states where that isn't uh, a requirement, I think having that CESP is super helpful. um, So people know that you are indeed qualified, you have passed the exam and you have knowledge of competitive integrated employment. So that is the CESP part. This is just if you're interested in membership and different things you can be involved in. Um, Here is if you wanted to contact us, all that information. And um, all of the staff for National APC is listed here if you have specific questions. Krista is our membership and chapter director. Um, Kari, who you're probably familiar with, is our certification director. She's actually leading another call right now or she would be here with me. So um, feel free to check that out. And if you're interested in knowing who our board of directors is, just pull that up. You can um, get their information my computer's really, there you go. So you can see if you recognize anyone, their emails are there. Um, Julia is your contact and she is actually, um, I believe she's the president of the Pennsylvania board as well. She's also on the professional development committee with me. So uh, I get to work with her quite frequently. She's wonderful, she's a great resource. So um, hopefully that gives you kind of an overview of what our website has on it in terms of resources hopefully it answered some questions you might have about the conference and i am happy to answer any questions
1: thank you so very much erica
2: yeah i was trying to keep it to that 40 minutes i think i did it <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's
2: great thank you i'm not seeing any
1: questions just yet
2: yeah Teresa can you think of anything I might have forgotten
1: I think you you answered a lot and you certainly covered a lot which is probably why we're not seeing many questions come through <laughs> it was very thorough and I and I love thank you so much for pointing out about that employment first map that yeah. has been so great. I know I have been using that Employment First Map for the last four years, and it has been so helpful.
2: A lot of people don't know, you know, what's there, so so I try to do uh, updates frequently for our members and non-members. I mean, obviously, this is, anybody can access this part. Um, If you're a member, and I'm sure many of you are, um, we do have policy newsletters that go out every month. Personally, I love it. Uh, I don't have time to read everything that comes out. <laughs> so having it in one place with links and information kind of consolidated makes my life a lot easier. So very appreciative of that. And of course, yeah. there's discounts for lots of different things if you are. So Certainly. Well, I
1: don't think we have any questions right now. So thank you again, Erica, for being here. And I just to reassure anyone who is on the phone, I did share in the chat that Erica will be sharing with me the PowerPoint so that everyone can access it later. So it will go out. Um, we will make sure that Chris can send it out to the employment forum distribution list. And we will also get it posted on Phil on the jobs website as well. Sounds good. Awesome. Thank you so much, Erica.
2: No problem.
1: So, at the beginning of the forum call, I shared that we would be discussing an upcoming webinar on May 19th titled Reentry: A Panel Discussion on Supporting People to Be Successful in Employment After Incarceration. So Michelle, who also works with NETWORK, is going to take a moment to talk a little bit more on how this came to be and how we would really like your support.
0: Great, thanks, Teresa. So many of you have uh, attended uh, NETWORK symposiums over the years, symposia. Um, And over the years, we've had a few sessions on this particular topic, and we've always packed the room. And, and that really shows us that this is an important topic that we want to keep circling back to as, um, as we're able to. So as this year's, uh, part of this year's offerings at Networks, we had planned on doing a half-day panel on this topic in person. Well, you know what happened. So we have now turned this into a, a webinar, um, and we've been able to um, get a few different people's perspectives for a panel. Uh, one is Jay Berger, who is a paralegal with um, Silver's Langsom and Weitzman, and he presented at the symposium two years ago, and he was one of the folks who packed the room. Uh, so he'll be joining us again. Uh, Pam Superville, who's Manager of Reintegration and External Affairs for the Prison Society, works for the city. Uh, she's also presented in the past, um, and she will be available. Jennifer Williams, uh, who is a behavior specialist consultant with uh, youth advocacy programs. So she's working directly with um, young people who've been incarcerated and supporting them in employment. And lastly, uh, Dorinda Hammerland, who is on the call now. uh, She's uh, with um, Workforce Development. She's a Workforce Development Specialist uh, with the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections and the parole Board. So Dorinda. Would it be okay if I put you on the spot just for you to explain what you do? And then we would love to get questions. And what What do you want to hear from this uh, panel?
3: Sure. Um, thank you for inviting me today. And I'm really excited about um, uh, the upcoming forum that we're going to do. Um, so what I do is I work what inside the prison and outside the prisons um for how do we get inmates job ready prior to release what are industry standards and specifics and education that employers are looking for and how do i connect re with that when they leave so what i do is is i am it for the whole state so it's all the corrections and all the parole board um, so like i said uh, we have 25 different vocational programs that we offer inside our prisons. They're nationally accredited certifications that inmates are earning. So when they get out, they actually have these job skills, and some of them have not just the education, but they have the hands-on experience because they're working while they're inside the prison um, and can be really beneficial to employers. So what I do is try to, Uh, link those those re-entrants up with what employers' needs are are across the state, and um, just try to get my finger on the pulse on what employers are looking for um, throughout the state in various industries, um, so that way I can make sure that what we're doing inside is relevant to what employers need.
0: This is wonderful. I'm so glad you were able to join this call and share what you do. Uh, because I think we're gonna have a lot of questions for you for the panel.
3: <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, I love sharing yeah. what we do because a lot of people aren't aware. Um, a lot of people think that you know when the inmates are inside, they're just in their well, right now they're just in their cells, but um usually non-COVID related. Um inmates are doing a lot of stuff and they're not just, you know, they're going to school, they're not just getting their GEDs, they're getting American Welding Society certifications, forklift certifications, um, CDL. You know, we have CDL simulators, so things like that. And, and um, it's really nice to get out there and educate a lot is what I do. Um, I've had somebody tell me before, oh, you're like match.com for employers. And I said, sort of, because employers can actually <laughs> reach out to me and say, hey, I have, um, I need welders in York uh, County. Do you have anybody? And I can actually pull a list of who's currently paroled in York County that went through our welding program. Um, so I can then get those reentrants in touch with that specific employer and match up those needs. So it's nice to be able to do that. That's great.
0: So we wanted to open up a conversation. You can do it by, and we can unmute you if you raise your hand, or you can put it in the chat. Um, what are some questions that you would have for professionals who work in the field of people who've been in prison and support, Support people in figuring out next steps once they leave the in the prison world um, back into I, I guess your term is reentry right when people get back into society and need to work um, but people that we support in general uh, people with disabilities um, many of the um, the concerns they have are the same as others would, but there may be some differences as well. So, you know, it is possible people with disabilities absolutely could be welders, but some people can't. Um, so we just wanted to open the floor up to see what are some questions that you might have for the panel, because we want to be as well prepared as we can for questions that you will have on May 19th. I'm going to put my email address in here as well. So if you have um, specific questions you have later, you can always let me know. I know we're kind of putting you on the spot right now. So feel free to email me directly in the next few days. Okay, and I'm going to share Dorenda's as well. Thank you. Okay, there's one. How do you handle a person with an intellectual disability who may want to explore your trainings? Are you equipped for that? Okay, how are those re-entry how are those re-entering who have disabilities supported in the process? Great. And we'll be sure to address these questions you have. Anything else? Here's Dorinda's email as well. Nothing else at the moment, and that's fine. We can come up with a whole series of questions, that's for sure. <laughs> but we wanted to give you all an opportunity since we knew we would have a, an you know, the forum to speak today to just ask. But like I said, please feel free to reach out to me or Dorinda as well uh, with some of your questions and we'll make sure we answer them during the panel.
1: Thank you. This is Teresa. Um, so if anyone maybe loses, loses track of Michelle's email um, or isn't quite sure, feel free again to access the fill on the job email, and we will make sure that your questions get sent in. We would ask if you can have your questions sent in by next Friday. I Let me just grab what that date is. That's Next Thursday, May 14th, so that our presenters have some time to prepare. That sounds good. Um, so, are there any other questions in these last few moments? Not seeing any hands. So, thank you all for joining us today. If you have a topic you would like to have discussed or learn more about, please contact us. We look forward to you joining us at 3 p.m. next week, May 13th. Enjoy the rest of the week. Be safe. Stay well, everybody. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope the information we provided was useful. If it was, please subscribe to our podcast channel. You can find all information about Networks for Training Development at our website, www.networksfortraining.org.